Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Today's episode is called Unleashing the True You. Great content from a recent Peak Experience event. We hope you enjoy the episode. So right now, what we're going to do to finish off this day is unleash. Can you say that word? Let's rattle them next door. One, two, three. Let's see if they can do any better. Here, let me hear from you next door. One, two, three. I thought so. (laughs) We're going to unleash the true you, okay? So here's the three points. How many points do I always cover? Because that's how many a realtor can remember. So let's go to work. Uncovering your natural gifts. We know a little bit about that. We've been doing it for 20 plus years with the old heritage profile. Uncovering your natural gifts. Second, we're going to cover gifts used the right way. Gifts used the right way. So when I say gifts used the right way, is it possible that gifts can be used the... And I'm going to give you some symptoms and you're going to go... "Mm -hmm." Okay? And then lastly... Develop, how to develop your natural talents and your gifts. How to develop your natural talents and your gifts. And I'm going to go through Motown. I I don't do the, I'm not the the heritage spokesman in the family. But I'm going to use Motown, but I'm also going to embrace that which we know about each other, our abilities and our gifts. Okay, y'all ready? So let's go back to where I always start, Mr. Webster. What's a gift? Well, according to Mr. Webster, it's a notable capacity or talent. Notable capacity or talent. A capacity, which is an ability with some reserves. And then a talent that's there. Talent is not enough. Talent is not enough. Giftedness is not enough. Now, when giftedness meets preparation and opportunity and steadfastness and consistency, that's when magic starts to happen. That's when magic starts to happen, okay? So let me describe this to you. And again, I'm coming at it from a non-heritage standpoint, but remember the heritage is the foundation for this, okay? So when do you know you have a gift? People tell you. What's another way? Something's easy. Something's easy for you that's hard for somebody else. What's another way? Feels good, enjoys it, now we're getting there. Little tuning fork goes off. Little tuning fork, and it's a tuning fork moment. Doing. You get the feedback from other people. You know you're really good at this. Oh, really? You get the feedback. You see that it's, it's kind of easy for you and other people struggle with it, okay? That's more feedback. That's called comparison feedback. But then you also have the old internal voice, which is kind of important. It's on occasions. Hmm. And you'll say, that felt good. In the Hitsville documentary, my absolute favorite part, and you guys know when I watch something, it's, you know, Beverly, God bless her. When I'm on the tail of something, it's just, she goes, honey, I'll stick with you through the first 20 times, but the last 50 are on your own. If I see Shawshank Redemption one more time, you know. So when I watch something, I watch it. I watch it and I enjoy it. I actually do, just so you know. I'm not a total 
Well, I mostly, but it's anything. <laughs> I watch it and I enjoy it mostly the first time. But if it resonates with me, and I know this could help somebody, forget it. And there's one part in that Hitsville that I'm telling you, goosebumps and tears. And it was the discovery of a gift and all that came with it. So here's Stevie Wonder. Stevlan Morris, 12-year-old boy, 12-year-old blind boy. A blind boy in the 60s comes to Motown, where they're making hit records the way In-N-Out makes burgers. And he walks in, and he gets feedback from other people. Oh, this kid's a genius. Plays the piano like this, plays the bongos, plays the drums, plays the harmonica, play anything. This kid's, so that right on the spot, he got named. This kid's a wonder. That's where the name come from. So he got feedback from the market. But just so you know, feedback like that's not enough for, listen, for you to own your gifts. You've got to have that tuning fork, and you've got to be in tune with yourself. And you'll see that Stevie Wonder, it wasn't impressing all these Motown people. He knew who, he knew Diana Ross was. He, he knew who all the different performers were and they're giving him all this kudos that was good but it wasn't until he used the gift and he got the feedback from an audience and as he says and I blew the house out that was when oh my gosh I think I have a gift so I love this because it's the it's the definition of a gift now I want you to watch this okay now lock in as if you're OCD Brian looking at something so Stevie's brought out he does his performances and then they bring him off, and he comes out for an encore. So here's what he does. I'm going to tell you ahead of time. The first thing he does, he's feeling this from the audience, and he trusts his gift. He trusts himself, and he trusts the gift. Second, he takes a risk. Now, you've got to remember, he's a 12-year-old blind boy in the late 60s in Detroit, he has to be led around everywhere by everyone. So he has to, and he's, he's joined this big group, Motown, and they're telling him what to do and how to do it and the way to do it. And in the midst of that environment where, you, you know, if I'm a 12-year-old kid, I'm just doing what I'm told. If I'm a 12-year-old blind kid, I'm doing what I'm told because I'm afraid of being left there. You with me? He trusts his gift, and then he does this next thing. He takes a risk. He takes a risk. He goes off the reservation, starts working with the crowd. Everybody say, yeah, yeah, everybody say, yeah. And he just starts going. He just starts going. And on the spot, he improvs a song that became his first number one hit. So he just does this whole thing. He's discovered his gift. He trusts himself. He took a risk. And then there was a third thing. His gift had the support he needed. The reason that I get chills watching this video, and of course I, I looked at the YouTube and we actually went to Motown and we, act to, we asked to buy the rights to play this whole thing for you guys, but they wanted five grand a second. And I said, no, it's 125 grand to swab their nose. I'm not paying 125 grand for a video. They can watch the freaking thing on YouTube. But I love you, but how much? So you can watch it on YouTube later on. But this particular video, the band leader, I'm watching the band leader more than I'm watching Stevie. And you'll see, the band has no idea where he's going. There's this little snot-nosed kid who's decided to go off on his own in front of a live crowd. 
And you see the band leader, and sometimes times these little imperceptible hand changes. And the band, they just, they're just kind of waiting. And then he gets going, and then he gets them moving. And when it's time to rock, he is totally supported in his gift. He trusts his gift, he takes a risk, and he's totally supported in his gift. He has the right people around him. And yes, the Stevie Wonder part of this gives me goosebumps. But what brought me the tears was the band leader in the band of watching a gift come together. This is what we all need. I have 750 gifted people in front of me. Gifts given by God. I know in the world we live in today, we're not allowed to say such things. But these are God-given gifts. Because if he didn't give the gifts, where'd they come from? (laughs) See, people get screwed up in life because they start thinking the gift is theirs. And what is a gift? What do you do with a gift? What's that? You always give gifts away. Growing up, every single week in Ireland, I went to a concert. Okay, Every single week. And Ireland was a place where you'd get the big stars to go and they do one show. I mean, they get 120,000 people. And I would go every week. Every week for years, all the way through high school and college, I went every week to a concert. And my kids have always said, who sounded the best live? And it was Stevie Wonder. Always. He sounded the best live. He sounded every bit as good as he did in the studio. Because he knew his gift. And he knew what his gift was. And it wasn't being perceived by other people as a genius. He doesn't walk around talking about that. He never identifies himself as that. He knew his gift was connecting with people. And that he wanted to do everything in his power to connect with people because that was the gift. And he did it through music. Are you guys with me? Did you see the band leader? I also love the fact that the band leader is the one who walks him off the stage. I got you, man. We all need that. We all need that. I'm thankful to say I have that at Buffini Company. I got a number of them, okay? Because I'm blind, deaf, and dumb, okay? (laughs) I got them all, okay? So we we got a whole bunch of stuff going on. So the fact of the matter is when you have that, when you have that kind of support, when you kind of have that kind of help, when you build it out right, boy, now that gift gets to shine. So that's why having the right support staff, having the right people in place, having the right dynamic in your home life is crucial. And the way I found that it works in my home life, like my whole mission as a father is to have my kids pursue their dream and use the gifts that God's given them to the fullest, whatever that is. And it's different things for different kids. Now I happen to have one kid who's into horses and I didn't realize what that commitment would require. And, um, you know, the thing about horses is they say there's, there's only two things a girl needs, a horse to love and a jackass to pay for it. So, <laughs> so let's go. Next point here. We're going to find your element. Finding your element. Finding your element. That was initially going to be a big part of this program because there was a gentleman who's a brilliant, brilliant man who was knighted by the queen. Sir Ken Robinson, who wrote a book called The Element. And so, you know, like I said, just one more crazy. We had Ken booked. We started developing a relationship, super guy. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. People are not going to believe how well an Irishman and an Englishman can get along. 
And uh, when we had to rebook, he was good. And he went to his wife and he said, these people believe in me so much, they just booked me again. And he said, I'm going to go for a checkup with the doctor a week later because I want to be in peak form when I go there. And that's when they discovered the cancer. He was dead in 90 days. Yeah, wild, wild deal. But the book is uh, profound and it was going to be part of our life here. And I, I recommend it to you, okay? Next thing we need is an outside perspective. Can I ask you this question? Are you truly asking and empowering your coach to give you the answers that you need? I'll tell you the two vices that are the strongest vices that I witnessed during COVID. It's comfort and control. And the two things that I saw that people are more addicted to than anything else is comfort and control. That's why we're, we're struggling right now to find our, our values and our basis and our voice because people are going to have to come to terms. Which, are they, would they rather have what's right and what's good and what's true than what's comfortable? Okay? And so those are things. Let me ask you this. When you're in your coaching relationship, are you trying to stay in control and stay comfortable? Now, you're not asking for, hey, I just need the brutal truth here. Okay, because you have an ongoing relationship with your coach. But you have to let them know, hey, look, I'm really up for it. I really do want the outside perspective. Their only goal is to champion you to reach your goals. That's their goal. And to do it in a way that's best for you. And to do it in a way that builds you up. And to do it in a way that you can sustain it long term. They really have your best interests at heart. The, the people who've been coaching at Buffini Company a long time, I marvel that that can be done. I'm mar- and you know the only reason they can do it? Let me tell you. I can talk about how great those people are and how hard they work and whatever else. It is only because they have a gift. You have to have a gift to do that. It's not a job you can apply for. It's a gift you have to be born with, and then we cultivate it and shine it and polish it and work with them and so on and so forth. And I'm going to talk to you about that. And how gifts work. Einstein, we cannot solve our problems with the same thing we used when we created them. We've got to get outside it. Okay? I'm going to talk to you right now about gifts used the wrong way. Here's the number one symptom. Maybe you know somebody who's ever had this. Burnout. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question that the answer's already built in. How many of you, by a show of hands, would say, I'm, I'm gifted in the area of public speaking? Okay, a couple of you. The rest of you need a refund. Okay, let's try it again. <laughs> would you say, I, I have a gift in that area? Yes. So if I have that gift, how is it possible that I've got burned out using that gift? Ah, because I've used the gift my way instead of the way it was designed. Are you guys with me? And the constant battle of a guy who was born to do the very thing. My wife, and I've had heart-to-heart conversations with her, why is it that something I love to do so much hurts so bad? And, of course, my bride knows how to deliver that outside perspective. Always gentle answer. Because you do it your way instead of God's way, Brian. It's his gift. You've got to use it his way. Burnout is what happens when you try to avoid being human for too long. Right? The Joan of our, I nobody can do it like me. If I want it done right, I'll do it myself. Okay? 
Here we go. Joan of Arc, burn at the stake. Next, symptoms used the, the wrong way is a lack of focus. Lack of focus. Who's been the longest performer in the history of Motown? Believe it or not, it's not Smokey, because Smokey eventually ended up in a different label. It's Stevie Wonder. Isn't it interesting the guy who couldn't see had the most focus? I happen to think it's because he understood the gift as a gift. Okay? It needs focus. It needs attention. I don't just show up here. David Lally will attest to this. He said, because David works with all the speakers and all the presenters on no matter what we do, he says, he says, you're the only guy who doesn't need to prepare and nobody prepares like you. Zig Ziglar, when Ziglar Ziglar came to speak at Mastermind, Zig Ziglar went home and told his son, I just met a man who prepares in a way that I feel I need to change how I do everything. Because I prepare. And because I'm that prepared, I can be totally free. Every event, the best stuff I do is, everybody say yeah! It's all the unplanned stuff. <laughs> and the camera crew's like, where's he going? What's he doing? There's people in the back room. And the attorney's being called in San Diego. Is he allowed to say that? And I go, yeah! <laughs> you work on the gift. You focus with the gift. Preparation with the gift. Admire the gift. Understand what it is. Value it. It's all about valuing it. The next thing that happens where people use the gifts the wrong way is lack of progress. Ah, this gift should be producing this by now. Where is the results? Where is the results? Where is the results? We talked about mastery. Chinese proverb says, be not afraid of growing slowly. Be afraid of only standing still. Because when you're growing slowly, you're putting down deep roots. You have these gifts. You have these talents. You have these abilities. It's deep within you. Honor it. Value it. It's part of who you are. Another example of where people end in trouble is find pride in the gifts. I mean, now this right here is the... It is admired in our society. And here's the thing, because it was done right once, and it's been done wrong ever since. When Cassius Clay became Muhammad Ali, in order to do what he did, he built a persona. A persona that was different than who he was. I am the greatest. I'm so pretty. And everything, and it was entertaining, it was engaging, and it was a third party. Okay? He and Joe Frazier were deep friends. He'd get outside, let me tell you about that guy. And Joe's like, what? So what's happened ever since then is that people think he was being serious. So in the sports world, we see it where a guy is playing football. 11 guys run into one another and have a violent collision, beat the living crap out of one another. 20 coaches have been working on this play. Everything goes right. Everything goes, guy gets the ball, runs in the end zone. It's all about me. Pride in the gifts. See, this is why I say it's a very important thing that you understand who owns a gift. Because when you understand that our gifts are on loan to us, and our gifts were created and given to us. Who in the heck would ever take pride? Like who would ever take pride in a Christmas gift they were received? You see what I got? Yeah. How do you like me now? It's a gift. It's something you receive. It's something you cherish. It's something you value. It's very personal to you. It's just not you. It's just not you. It's not all of you. 
And we're going to go there. Uh, by the way, this is not modern psychological thought. Here's William Gurnall from the 17th century. Pride of gifts robs us of God's blessing in the use of them. Even before Muhammad Ali. Here's the next thing. Finding your identity in the gifts. Finding your identity in the gifts. And in our world today, what we do often becomes who we are. My wife is Beverly Robinson, who became Beverly Buffini. She is not Beverly, wife of Brian. She is not Beverly, mother of six kids, the A-team. She's Beverly. Okay? Is she all in on being married? Is she all in on being a mom? I mean, I've never seen anybody who's all in like that woman is. But it's not our identity. By the way, when we first stumbled into the elements of the heritage profile, one of the source codes for it was this guy right here, Arthur Miller, who wrote this book, The Truth About You. Long, long time ago. You were born for a purpose. You have, you have to go to used bookstores to find this thing. And one of the things that's interesting about Arthur Miller, because he really discovered the different dynamics that, that became many iterations later, something like the Heritage Profile. But there was, there's many different applications of what he created. But he spends about the last 20% of the book warning people. I'm going to let you discover your gifts. I'm going to help you understand your natural gifts and talents. I'm going to, all the, how many of you enjoy the Heritage stuff? He's going to say, I'm going to give you all that. And the last 20% of the books, he goes, don't find your identity in it. Don't find your identity in it. Don't find your identity in it. Okay? So now I'm going to go a little touchy place. So on one hand, we have a child who becomes Stevie Wonder. And on the other hand, we have gifts given by God, and I got to witness this in person also, called Michael Jackson. And I got real close to Michael Jackson at Wembley Stadium in front of 80,000 people. And I will tell you to this day, when I think of God's gifts, that's what I think of. And he was born with those gifts. And he cultivated those gifts. Now, I don't know what the truth of that whole story is. And neither do you. And neither does Oprah. But what I do know is that all the people around him found their identity in his gift. His dad, right? We all know about Joe Jackson. Many of the people, business people around it. To the only safe place ever for him for a child was to be on stage. And nothing else, there was no other safe place. I remember when he first came to England and he was on one of the breakfast shows and he was talking about, as a, I think he might have been 15, all the things he never did as a 15-year-old, that every 15-year-old in the world has done. And it was identity. Now, I don't know if he made that thing or whatever else, but it, when I watched the This Is It video, which was amazing, watching him on stage, like that was the only place it seemed like he was ever himself. Finding your identity in gifts is a very, very dangerous thing. Are you guys following me? So we're given this gift, we cultivate, we focus, we need to work through it, we need to go, we need to put it out in the world, we need to do it, but we can't take pride in it. We can't find our identity in it. It's not who we are. Are you guys following this? This is tricky stuff. It's a part of who we are. It's a part of what we've been given. 
And I think as long as we honor the gift, we get to keep it and we get to keep using it and get to keep giving the gift away. Make sense? All right. So let's talk now about the happy stuff. Ready for the happy stuff? So here's gifts used the right way. First, it's a sense of flow. It's a sense of flow. Okay? Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, my boy, wrote the book. When I was doing half days in Chicago, Joe and I bunked into classes at the University of Chicago. Here's all these college students. Now, here's the thing. I could get away with it, but when you bring six-foot-five Nego and we're sitting in the front row, people all know they don't belong here. <laughs> but we got to take classes with this guy. Flow is being completely involved in activity for its own sake. The ego falls away. Time flies. Every action, movement, and thought follows inevitably from the previous one, like playing jazz. Isn't that a gorgeous thought? Here's another example of the gifts used the right way when you get out of the way of the gift. Now, I'm going to tell you, many times in my life, I've found a way to interrupt the gift I've been given. I've taken credit for it. I've thumped my chest. I've interposed my own shortcomings or uh, sense of humor or criticisms or whatever else, and it's like a glass of pure water and all of the smudges all over it. Now, the beautiful thing is because they're a gift from God, the water's still pure. But I, I can tell you myself, and I'm, I'm 30 years of concentrated effort on unleashing the gifts God's given me to the benefit of others. And I can tell you, it's only been in the last couple of years I realized how many smudges are on the glass. And still he uses me, which is great, but the gifts themselves. The more we get out of the way of the gift and let be the gift be the gift, and you'll know this, you'll know this, when you don't seek the approval and the credit and you can fully receive it. You don't seek the approval or the credit, but you can fully receive it. I don't need it, but if people want to express that, I can receive it. Does that make sense? Ralph Marston said, there are plenty of difficult obstacles in your path. Don't allow yourself to become one of them. The next thing about gifts Use the right way. Become unattached to the outcome. Using your gifts. Like, how many of you have ever said the the phrase, I did my best? Like, truly, when you've done your best. How many of you have ever worked with a client and you did your best and they weren't very happy? There is nothing else. Then it's their false self wants to go attack your false self and your false self wants to defend yourself. And we have two children interacting with one another. You guys with me? Did my best. Used the gifts the best I could today. Laid it all out there. Great. Got a great result? Great. Don't find my identity in it. Didn't go so well? I gave it all. Give it all. Sometimes there's just things to learn from it. Okay? Unattached to criticism. Is that kind of an important thing in 2021? Criticism is a new religion. Criticism is the new religion in America. Anonymous people have unfortunately learned to do it. It's leading to a bad place. I've read so many books on the subject, how it starts out, and in our modern world, I mean, this has repeated itself many times in history, but in our world, it started out as political correctness, okay? Now it's turned into cancel culture, and it's heading towards totalitarianism. Because totalitarianism is only one way to think, only one way to process. We need diversity of thought. Freedom of speech doesn't mean I can just say whatever the hell I want, right? But freedom of speech means none of us is as smart as all of us. 
okay? And we have technologies and so on and so forth now that just engineer you a certain way. I, I, it was funny. I was doing research for these Facebook Lives on people moving out of California and so on and so forth. And on every news feed, on YouTubes and this and that, and Google, everything I did to turn on my phone, my computer, and whatever else, was one message on the other on how basically California, everyone was getting worse of how California's in the toilet. Da, 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 da. I remember one time I said, Beverly, I need to go to walk on the beach to make sure the ocean's still there. Because we must be living in a sewer pit. But I was doing it for research for Facebook Live, but they go, the way that the, the whole dynamic is and the way they search engines work, we're going to give you more of what you want, more of what you want, more of what you want, and then there's only one way to think. And then anybody who thinks differently than that, what, you're staying in California? What kind of a moron must you be? Are you guys with me? That is now what's engineered into our society. When you are deep inside your gifts, you're immune to criticism. I'm going to say this to you the right way. So please understand this and don't take any offense to it. I receive a lot of mail. The vast majority of my mail, like overwhelming amount of my mail, is beyond flattery. The posts I get on social media are beyond affirming and flattering. And that's why people sometimes, we, companies analyze our social media, this doesn't sound right. There's an awful lot of people who really think you guys are, like, where's all the other stuff? But I'll get a letter from time to time. Like, I got letters about peak experience. Here's the thing. I want you to take this the right way. I can read a letter of flattery, and I can read that same letter the same way. Now, I want you to know when you write me a letter, it means a lot to me, okay? I'm not saying it doesn't mean anything to me, okay? But I want you to know that that same letter and this same letter, when I read them in the mail, like Jeanette kind of gets a giggle at them because she mixes them all up. And you get... 199 of these, and then you get a couple of these. Okay. And the reason being is I'm very comfortable, not just in my own skin, I'm very comfortable in the gift that's being used and what's going on. And because of that, you become kind of immune to the criticism. Because I know my own heart. I know my motivation. Now, can I ever get better? Is there sometimes constructive criticism? Absolutely. Is there things, hey, this happened or this was said? or Oh, okay, we can learn from that. Are you guys with me? So someone who comes with you with a solution... That's a different deal. How many of you would like to be free by a show of hands? Free of, from all criticism. Could I see your hands? Go deeper with your gifts. Live more in the state of flow with your gifts. It's like you, you have a bubble of immunity. Stephen uh, Presserville says, we cannot let external criticism, even if it's true, fortify our internal foe. That foe is strong enough already. You get me? You feel me? I have met the enemy, and it is I. No one has ever said anything, ever, as harsh to me as I've said to myself. On a regular basis. Are you with me? So when we give in to the criticism, we've just made the internal foe even stronger. We turn it from a foe to an army. And now we've got to fight on our hands. Gifts used the right way. Here it is. Admire the gift as a gift. But you're like, Brian, I don't have your gift. No. I'm going to tell you, truthfully, when I'm really going and when I'm really blazing and I'm really deep inside the gifts that God's given me, I want to tell you this. It's like I'm one of you watching myself on stage. I'm like, That's, that, that guy's good, isn't he? 
Wow. Like that gift is kind of wild. That's kind of wild. Because here's the thing, I don't have that same application in every other area of my life. Does that make sense? Like I take that gift on the golf course, it doesn't have the same application. I communicate differently on the golf course, apparently. You follow? Because I, I didn't get that gift, I got this one. Now here's what's key. And, and Kevin is all, Kevin's in the back room, he knows where I'm going with this one. When I first started Providence Seminars, I had a partner. Because I didn't want to travel. I had six young kids. I knew what the casualty rates. I knew most speakers been married five and six times. I'd met speakers whose kids had not turned out great. And I, I knew I had this gift, but I said, I'm not going to travel. So I met, met up with this guy, and he saw me present. He's like, you got this gift. You got to do this. Da, 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 da. Let's do this. So we started. This guy wanted my gift. I wanted him to go speak because I didn't want to travel. He wanted to go speak, but he wanted to go speak the way I spoke. He wanted my gift and never connected to his own. Are you tracking with me, boys and girls? We're talking about gifts, and I show you Stevie Wonder, but I also show you Michael Jackson. I'm talking about, hey, here's the guy on stage doing this, and then here's someone else who wanted that gift. He didn't want the gift. He didn't want the gift. He wanted the adulation that he perceived comes with the gift. Let me tell you, every gift comes with a curse. My mother, who's always right, always, 90 years have just proven, she's right, just shut up, she's right. And she says, God builds the back for the burden. You were made for your gift. And with that gift and the use of that gift comes all kinds of things. Sometimes people will have envy and frustration and da 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 Sometimes you don't know when to turn off that gift. It's great here, but uh, can you turn it off? Developing your natural talents and gifts. Appraise your most useful talents. Here's the next thing. How bad do you want it? Bad? How bad? Really bad. Good. Here's my second favorite video in Hitsville. Her name's Martha Reeves. Martha Reeves shows up, applies for a job as a singer. Nope. Sings her little heart out. Nope. Comes back again. Nope. Not taking no for an answer. Nope. Okay, we feel bad for you, Martha. Answer the phones. Martha, you are not going to be in the Supremes. You're going to be a receptionist. How bad do you want it? She loved it. She threw herself into it. By the way, that's who we need to be, and that's who the the kind of people we need to bring on our team. When you bring in one of these young folks and they go, ah, there's the doubt. I got a job in the mailroom. Let me at it. I got a job in a warehouse. Let me at it. I got people who are willing to do anything. By the way, it starts at the top of the organization. I'm willing to do stuff that I would never ask anyone working for me to do. I still think like Martha Reeves. But then the opportunity came. Union man comes to Motown. We need a singer. Here's the receptionist. I'll do it. Now, for me, another reason was that was the song me and my mom used to dance to in the kitchen. Okay? So when I hear that that was the receptionist who was waiting for a chance, you know, so that's why Beverly won't sit around and watch these things. (laughs) 
Here's major point number three, leading into a little short little exercise. We're going to do a little uncovering. The blotting paper is going to continue on here. Aligning your gifts of the heart with your gifts of the spirit. See, when we say gifts, we have to understand what the gifts are. There's gifts of the heart. The heart and the spirit, not the same thing. Stay tuned. So I have a list for you. So here's the gifts of the heart. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Okay? Pick three. That in your heart of hearts, you know. These are gifts of the heart. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithful, gentleness, self-control. We did this as a family, and we had everybody pick each other's gifts. It was wild, revealing, insightful, shocking. My three boys picked gentleness as one of my gifts. I have never considered that aspect of my life in any capacity. Now, I want you to take a little time, and I want you to pick three. Have a go, okay? Just pick three. Have a little negotiation with yourself. And oh, by the way, I dropped that little family thing. That's not a bad thing to do as well with loved ones. What do you think? What do I think? What do they think? Go. We hope you guys enjoyed that great content too. Before we go, I'd like to ask a favor. As you finish listening to this episode, hit the share button and send it to someone you think would love the message. In the meantime, here's Brian's mom to send us home. May the road rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.